Welcome to the 234th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Ruth Vincent, author of Elixir, a Changeling PI novel. Stay tuned for the interview. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Ruth Vincent, author of Elixir, a Changeling PI novel. Ruth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Well, can you read two or three pages from your new novel, Elixir? Sure. I'll start with chapter one. The floater glided in front of my eyes, but I knew what it really was, and more importantly, what it meant. A fairy was watching me. Please leave me alone, I whispered. But the floater did not leave me alone. It glided maddeningly out of reach in the corner of my eye. Look, I can't see you, and I really can't afford to be distracted right now. Will you please go away? I glanced quickly at the people seated around me, but no one seemed to have noticed my one-sided conversation. The lobby of the dingy office building on West 37th Street was so packed they had set up folding chairs in the hallway for the spillover. Everyone was in their early 20s like me, recent college grads. We sat rod stiff in gray plastic chairs, clutching our resumes like life preservers, trying to not accidentally make eye contact with one another. Outside the dirty window, I heard the groan of traffic, the wail of sirens, the nonstop noise of New York City like the sounds of a battle raging softly in the distance. But inside the office, we were all so silent, I could hear my own ragged breathing. The door opened. A man stood in the entryway holding a clipboard. He was in his late fifties, heavy set with big bushy eyebrows. He did not smile. Mabley Jones? called out in a gruff New York accent. I scrambled to my feet, dropped my resume, and blushed, stooping to pick it up. My sweaty palms had made dimples in the paper's pristine fibers. I followed him into the room, and he closed the door behind us. He took a seat behind a mahogany desk, polished to such a high gleam I could see my reflection. Pasty pale cheeks, snub nose, pixie-cut brown hair sticking up every which way. I tried to smooth it down with my fingers. The wool suit jacket I'd borrowed for the interview for my roommate and best friend Eva itched at my back. The man extended his hand. Chief Investigator Reggie Ruggiero, he said, still not smiling. You can call me Reggie. Reggie's eyebrows resembled two gray fuzzy caterpillars that moved when he talked. My nervousness was making me want to smile for no reason at all. I tried to suppress it. Reggie perused my resume. Every so often, one of the caterpillars moved up or down. It was making me too nervous to look at him, so I stared out the window instead, watching the ghost of steam rise up from the pipes on the roof below and swiveling back and forth in my chair. Please let this one work out, I prayed silently. I was getting desperate. Yesterday, I'd applied for a job at Subway and been turned away because I didn't have, quote, two years of relevant sandwich-making experience. But this job could be a career. My heart thudded so hard in my chest, I thought perhaps he could hear it. I couldn't face another call to my parents. They were being so supportive, but it just made me feel more guilty. And they didn't even know the real reason I felt so guilty. I'll stop there. Okay, great. Well, if someone listening um, 
hasn't heard about Elixir, a Changeling PI novel yet, how would you describe your novel? Sure. It's urban fantasy, and it's about a fairy who's gotten tricked into becoming a changeling by the fairy queen. So now it's 22 years later, and she's trying to make the best of her human life as this 20-something living in New York City. And she ends up becoming a private eye's unpaid intern. And while investigating a missing persons case, she meets this nightclub owner who she thinks might be another fairy changeling like herself. It turns out the real story is more complicated than that, but he has found a way to steal the fairy's magic elixir and is now bootlegging it to human beings, giving them temporary magical powers, which of course has disastrous results. (laughs) So do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing Elixir? Sure. Elixir was my first novel. I've written some manuscripts subsequently, but it was my first book. And uh, the original impetus was actually, as a child, my dad would tell me what he called super fairy stories, which were these stories that were essentially a mashup of old 1960s Superman episodes, but with the uh, fairy tales that I love so much. And uh, I had this idea to write a character who was kind of in the human world, but not of it. And uh, I really fell in love with that as a narrative voice. And that ended up becoming Elixir. Great. Well, what was your writing journey prior to to writing and getting Elixir published by HarperCollins? I had done some uh, freelance journalism before, but uh, this was definitely the first time I took the plunge into writing a full-length novel. And I wrote Elixir over the course of about seven years, kind of stopping and starting. I think when you write a first book, you're not just writing a book, you're learning how to write a book. And I wrote probably close to a thousand pages that I ended up throwing out um, as I was kind of learning how to write a story that made sense. Uh, there's a There was an earlier draft where it was actually in third person. There were characters that I dispensed with. So I wrote this book for a long time, but uh, it, it took its current form um, about two years ago. And um, I was so lucky that I received the interest from uh, from HarperCollins. Great. And and how did that come about? Did you submit it directly or did you have an agent? Um, I, I do have an agent, but, that, but uh, that actually came afterwards. I met my now editor at a huge uh, pitch session at RWA Nationals uh, two years ago. It was one of those big pitch sessions. It was almost like speed dating editors and agents. There were you know, about 50 of them in the room, and we would have about you know seven minutes to tell them how fabulous we thought our book was. And we really hit it off, uh, and she asked for the manuscript, and then months went by, and I assumed, since I hadn't heard anything, that it was a no. And then out of the blue, I got this email and almost passed out on the sidewalk of New York as I was (laughs) putting this on my phone. Just it was wonderfully unexpected. That's great. So you talked about your experience of working on this book off and on, I think you said for like eight years. Um, And and you mentioned, you know, changing the the uh, um, the tense. What what were other what? I mean, if you can articulate it, what were some of the other things that you kind of learned along the way about how to write a, a commercial novel, so to speak? Sure. I think the biggest thing that I learned was really just the the discipline of creating a writing practice and making sure that I finished the projects that I, that I started. Um, but in terms of, of writing something that has commercial appeal, one of the big changes I made was um, the current 
love interest of my of my narrator was not actually the original love interest. And I had written this character who was a child who had been or you know, a young man who had been kidnapped by the fairies as a child and had escaped and was now trying to integrate himself back into New York 200 years later. And he was very noble and very brave and very tortured and and very boring, ultimately. And so I realized that um, I wanted to have more fun with my hero. And so I created this character who was a bootlegger of magic. And I realized when I'm having fun as a writer, that's when readers tend to have fun as, as readers. And so I think uh, the book ended up being a lot more, a lot more playful and a lot more fun. Sure. Well, Elixir is being marketed as urban fantasy and, and urban fantasy is a, is a genre that has exploded in popularity in the last 15 years or so, what appeals to you as a writer and a reader uh, about urban fantasy? What I love about urban fantasy is that it is set in the contemporary world in a world we recognize in a city. And yet there are these elements that are, that are weird about it. And I love playing with the world we recognize. I also think as a reader, it's less overwhelming than finding a fantasy world that is completely other, uh, that's completely separate from our universe. And so I I also love the way that urban fantasy can be an interesting social commentary on modern society, because it, it is the world that we recognize, and yet we're able to play with it in really interesting ways. Sure. So, so what advice would you have for aspiring writers who might be listening and are interested in writing their own novels or short stories? Absolutely. The best advice that I ever received personally, and it's always the advice that I give to anyone who's trying to write any major project like like a full-length novel or a novella or anything like that, is obviously to, to write and write as much as you can, but also to finish what you start. Uh, I had a writing professor in college who said to me, and I realized it was really a pithy statement, that the only difference between amateur writers and professional writers is that professionals finish what they start. And I realized at that time I had a bunch of half-finished, you know, half-started manuscripts, and I realized that the only way I was ever going to get published is if I had a, a finished book. And so that's really the best advice I can give to other writers, even if you don't think it's good, even if you think that, uh, you know, it's not the best story. We're all the hardest critics on ourselves. And the only way that you can get a book published is to have a book finished. And so I really encourage everyone to just go ahead and finish the book. Sure. When you sit down to write, are there ever days that you need to do something to jumpstart the process? It can definitely be difficult to get into it. Uh, I try to start with a sprint where I just write. I don't look back over anything I've written because that's when the editorial voice comes in that that I think just kind of kills that creative flow. Uh, and I try to just write as much as I can without thinking of, thinking about it. Uh, I know I can always come back later. And that helps to kind of get the juices flowing. One thing I've noticed is that even when I think I'm not inspired, often that inspiration will come as I get into it. And so I try to just block it out in my schedule and write as much as I can and and hope that the muses start talking uh, once the words are, are on the page. Sure. 
So are there books and authors that inspire your own writing? Absolutely. Uh, I discovered urban fantasy as a genre through reading Kim Harrison's Hollow series, uh, which is still one of my favorite urban fantasies ever. Prior to that, I'd read a fair amount of epic fantasy, Tolkien and whatnot, uh, but I had just never read anything like that. And uh, I recently finished that series. I'd been procrastinating on finishing because I just didn't want it to end. Um, I have have a lot of favorite urban fantasy writers, but if I would recommend one series to someone, that's usually the series. That's great. So is the next novel in the Changeling series, has it um, been scheduled for publication? Absolutely. It's coming out in October of this year. And I'm already hard at work on it with my editor. <laughs> and what's the title of that one? Uh, that one is actually untitled as of now. Okay. Uh, we will see what uh, what they end up titling it. Sure. And so have you started working on what would be the third novel at this point? Um, at this point, I haven't. We're still very much just working on book two. Uh, I do have a completely separate uh, gas lamp fantasy, Victorian uh, fantasy novel that uh, I have in the works right now. But uh, we'll see after book two what happens with uh, book three. Great, great. And where can people find you online if they're interested in learning more about you and about your books? Sure. Uh, You can find me on my website, which is ruthvincent.com. Or I'm also on Facebook, Ruth Vincent Author, or on Twitter at by R Vincent. That's B-Y-R Vincent. Great. And I'll have links to all of those in the show notes as well. Um, well, again, we've been speaking with Ruth Vincent, author of Elixir, a changeling PI novel. The book is in, available in bookstores now, so go grab a copy. And Ruth, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.